welcome to this episode of Tales of Fairy Tales. I'm your storyteller, Bonnie Crockett. I'm going to be telling a French tale called Princess Rosette. I hope you enjoy. Once upon a time, there was a king and a queen who had two beautiful sons and a daughter who was so pretty that everyone who saw her couldn't help loving her. When the daughter was born, her parents named her Rosette and, as they always did, sent for all the fairies to come to the ceremony and banquet. At the end, as the fairies were about to leave, the queen stopped them. Wait, please, you can't leave yet. You haven't told me what is going to happen to my rosette. This was the tradition for the fairies. Whenever they'd go to a ceremony for a baby, they would tell the parents what they foresee for the child. However, at this ceremony, the fairies hesitated. We, uh, left our magic books at home, your majesty. We'll have to come back another day and do it then. The queen was not fooled, however. Fairies are terrible liars. If you don't want to tell me, then it can't be good. Please tell me whatever it is. I must know. After further persuasion, the fairies finally relented. Your majesty, we fear that the child Rosette may be the cause of terrible misfortunes to her two brothers. She may even be the cause of their death. What? The queen exclaimed. What? When? How? I'm sorry, your majesty, but that's all we've been able to foresee. I wish we had something better to tell you. Hearing this news, the queen was beside herself with sorrow. The king, seeing this, asked her what was wrong. I was sitting too close to the fire, so I burned all my sewing thread. Is that all? The king asked in relief. He went to the attic and brought down more thread than the queen would ever be able to sew. However, the queen's mood did not improve, so the king said, Truly, there's something wrong. What is it? Oh, I lost one of my green slippers in the river, the queen answered. I can fix that. The king sent his servants out to all the shoemakers in the kingdom, and they soon returned to the castle with 10,000 green slippers. But still, that didn't seem to affect the queen. She was still sad. My dear, the king pleaded, tell me what is wrong. Oh, I was cleaning up too fast and lost my ruby ring. Dear, I have your ruby ring in my pocket, the king said, truly concerned. Please tell me what is wrong. Unable to keep the secret any longer, she told him what the fairies had foreseen about Rosette. At this, the king now grew sorrowful. The only thing I can think of to protect our sons is to banish and imprison our daughter somewhere far, far away. No, the queen yelled, never to see my baby girl, my precious Rosette. No, there must be another way. Your majesties, an old servant said, apologies for interrupting, but I think I know someone who may be able to help. There's an old hermit that lives in the forest near here, and people travel far distances to talk with him. I'm sure he could help you. With no other ideas or options, the king and queen left the next morning and eventually found the hermit. Your majesties, the hermit said with a bow, why have you come here? Tearfully, the queen told him all that the fairies had told her. Please, sir, what can we do? I do not want to send her away. That must be troubling, the hermit said. This is what you must do. Build a tower and shut the princess up in it and never let her leave. Leaving with their thanks, the king and queen quickly returned to their castle and built a tall tower as quickly as possible. That was where Princess Rosette lived. She was often visited by her parents and brothers. They all loved her dearly. Rosette was the sweetest and prettiest princess who was ever seen, and she only became kinder and more beautiful as she grew. Many years passed, and unfortunately, both the king and queen got sick and then died. Their children wept, Rosette especially, and the whole kingdom mourned. Soon the eldest brother was crowned king, and the younger brother was the prince. I think we should let Rosette out, the prince said. She's been stuck in that tower for so long. 
I agree, the new king said with a nod. We should all be together now. Quickly, they went to their sister's tower and told her, Come, sister, today is the day that you get your freedom. Stepping out of her tower for the first time, Rosette was astonished by all she saw. The garden with its fruits and flowers, the glittering water fountains, the enormous woods. She had never seen anything like it. She ran about, flittering around like a butterfly, being followed by her dog named Frisk. Frisk was small, green, and had only one floppy ear. All in all, he was a very distinct and amusing dog. Frisk ran into the nearby woods, and Rosette, following, suddenly saw a beautiful creature with a graceful neck and long, jewel-colored tail feathers. What is that? Rosette asked her brothers, unable to take her eyes off the stunning creature. It's a peacock, the king said, amused at his sister's naive delight. People sometimes eat them, the prince added. What? Rosette exclaimed, unable to believe her ears. That should not be. I will marry the king of the peacocks and then protect my subjects from such cruelty. The king of the peacocks, her brother repeated. Yes, Rosette said firmly, and I will only marry the king of the peacocks. After showing Rosette to her room in the castle and leaving her in the capable hands of her servants, all of whom loved her for her kindness and beauty, the king and prince sat together to consider what their sister had said. The king of the peacocks, the king mused. That's who she wants to marry. That's fine, the prince said, but how do you find him if he even exists? I'm not sure, the king admitted, but we have to. So they made a plan. They had a portrait made of the princess that matched her looks to perfection, and then decided to go out to search for him. Every person they met, the king and prince would ask, Do you know the king of the peacocks? Each and every time they were answered, No. They traveled on and on, farther and farther, farther than anyone in their kingdom had ever been. Finally, they came to the kingdom of the beetles. The number of beetles was immense and the buzzing noise deafening. Meeting a distinguished-looking beetle, the king asked as he had so many times on his journey, Do you know where we can find the king of the peacocks? Yes, sire, I do, the beetle answered. His kingdom is just a few leagues from here. The king and prince were delighted to hear this. Thank you, sir, that is a relief to hear. I'm sure, the beetle said, since you've traveled such a long way. Why don't you stay with me for the night so you can rest yourselves and be ready for the ride tomorrow? Again, we thank you, the prince said. We could definitely use the rest. But how did you know we've come from far away? Oh, you're well known here, the beetle explained. We spend two or three months in your gardens and woods every year. And so as the evening progressed, the king, prince, and beetle became good friends. Then the king and prince set out again, but this time they were optimistic about their journey. Eventually, they finally found the kingdom of the peacocks. They knew they'd arrived because peacocks filled every tree and their calls could be heard a long ways off. They came to the castle, which was filled with men and women who wore bright colors and peacock feathers were adorned like jewels. The king and prince were introduced to the king of the peacocks, and they were delighted to find that he was very handsome as well as kind to his servants. He wore long blue robes and a regal crown made of peacock feathers. So, the peacock king said, what brings you all the way to my kingdom? We'd like to show you a picture of our sister, Princess Rosette, and see if you'd be interested in marrying her. The king pulled out the portrait of Rosette they'd brought. He showed it to the peacock king. Incredible, the peacock king said, hardly believing his eyes. She's actually prettier than the picture shows, the prince added. You must be joking. Both the prince and the king shook their heads. So would you be interested in marrying her? With all my heart, the king of the peacock said enthusiastically. But then he grew serious. 
Though I must warn you, I don't like being lied to. If you've lied to me about your sister, I will lock you up in my deepest dungeon, and you will never see the light of day again. Well, that won't be an issue, the king said. I assure you that our sister is beautiful and kind. Very well, I'll have some guest quarters set up for you to stay in until the princess arrives. Thank you, the prince said. We'll send a letter to her to tell her to come as soon as she can so you two can meet and be married. Leagues and leagues away, Rosette read the letter with great excitement. They did it! They found the king of the peacocks, and I'm going to marry him! All the citizens rejoiced in her joy, and fireworks were let off, and everyone danced and sang for days. Leaving the kingdom in the hands of a wise, trusted advisor, Princess Rosette left to travel to the kingdom of the peacocks with her dog Frisk, her nurse, her nurse's daughter, and enough clothes to last her ten years if she wore two dresses every day. They hired a boatman that agreed to take them to the kingdom of the peacocks. The nurse, however, had other plans for Rosette. When Rosette had fallen asleep, Frisk on her bed, the nurse whispered to the boatman, Do you want to earn a lot of money? Of course, the boatman replied. Who doesn't? I can give you a way to get a fortune. I'd like nothing better. Good, the nurse said. If you want to become rich, you'll help me throw the princess into the sea. I will replace her with my daughter, and once she's married the Peacock King, you shall have enough money to buy a boat made of diamonds. The beautiful princess? The boatman asked, surprised. I'm not sure. At last, however, the nurse was able to convince him. So with Princess Rosette still asleep, the nurse, her daughter, and the boatman picked up Rosette's bed with Rosette on it and threw it into the sea. This plainly proves that Rosette and her dog, Frisk, are very, very deep sleepers. Luckily, Rosette's mattress was stuffed with phoenix feathers, making it very light and allowing it to float. Back on the boat, the nurse dressed her daughter in one of Rosette's many dresses and had her wear so much jewelry it practically dripped off her. The nurse did everything she could to make her daughter look the part, but there was one problem. Her daughter was ugly. Very ugly. Not only that, but she was mean and crude, something that the peacock servants noticed immediately. The servants had been sent to escort the princess and her party to the castle. As soon as the fake princess stepped off the boat, she began demanding, Look here, servants! I want food, and I want it now! Get me some, or I'll have your heads cut off! This is the kind, beautiful princess we've been told about? The servants muttered among themselves. She's as ugly as she is mean. The procession to the castle began. The whole time, the fake princess was yelling, slapping, and abusing any servant she could reach. A few servants went on ahead and were met by the very excited Peacock King. Well, he asked them, did her brothers tell the truth? Is she kind? Is she beautiful? Well, sire, a servant said with a sigh, she certainly goes way beyond expectations. Assuming the servant meant this as a good thing, the king joyfully went out to meet the procession. However, when he saw the nurse's daughter, his joy turned to anger. I've been lied to, made a fool out of, he yelled. Does that king and prince really believe I'd ever marry such a wicked creature? Take them all and throw them into my deepest dungeon. Meanwhile, Rosette's brothers, the king and prince, heard of Rosette's imminent arrival and so waited with great excitement to see her. A man arrived with soldiers and escorted them down, down, down. This will make a dismal place for the wedding, the prince commented, although maybe they do weddings differently here. I don't think this is a place for weddings, but a place for prisoners, the king replied. The man, who was actually the jailer, locked them in a dark, damp cell. We kept our word, the king exclaimed, annoyed. Why are we being treated like this? 
Days passed, but eventually, spurred on by the king's and prince's yellings, the king of the peacocks came down to see them. You call yourself king and prince, he said angrily, but you are only worthless liars. Watch yourself, peacock king, the king cried. We are king and prince, duty-bound to protect and serve with kindness, truth, and honor. I do not like being called a liar. The peacock king was taken back by this, but said, If you are not liars, how do you explain the princess? You said she was more beautiful than any, and just as kind, but she was not. If the princess was not beautiful and kind, then the princess that came was not our sister, the prince replied. Show her to us, the king said. Then we will know for certain. The king of the peacocks was still not convinced of their innocence, but had the princess brought. That is not our sister, the brother said at once. There's some kind of trick going on here. While all this was going on at the peacock king's castle, the royal princess and her dog were just waking up and finding themselves floating all alone on the sea. Oh, Frisk, Rosette cried. What could have happened? Could the king of the peacocks change his mind about marrying me and had me thrown into the sea? Oh, that must have been it. This idea caused such heartbreak that Rosette cried even harder. For days, the two floated down the sea, grabbing at whatever they could for food, but it wasn't much, and they were both very hungry. Every night, Rosette would cry and cry until she fell asleep. One night, Rosette's cries were heard by a poor old man who lived along the coast of the sea. There must have been a shipwreck, he thought, as he ran towards the pitiful sounds. Getting in his small fishing boat, he soon saw the princess and Frisk. Frisk barked at him, getting the princess's attention. When she saw the old man in the boat, she cried, Please, good sir, help us, please! How could the old man say no? He paddled over and, with some struggle, helped Rosette and Frisk into his boat. Once back on land, the man took him to his house, and Rosette wrapped herself up in blankets, giving the man her heartfelt thanks. The man found her an old dress that had belonged to his departed wife, and when the princess was dressed and comfortable, he said, If I may, my lady, what happened? I know you must be some kind of great lady, for I saw that fancy bed you were floating on and that elegant gown you were wearing. But how did you end up on the sea? Weeping, Rosette told him her story about traveling to marry the king of the peacocks and her theory about him changing his mind and having her thrown into the sea. I don't know about that, the old man said kindly. I could go and tell him you're here. I'm sure if he met you, he'd most certainly wish to marry you. Please don't, Rosette cried. If he did try to drown me, who knows what he'd do if he knew I was here. All right then, milady, I won't, he reassured her. But what would you have me do? I know you must be hungry, but I only have stale bread and dried fish. Nothing fit for a lady like yourself. At this, Frisk barked, and Rosette, looking at him, smiled. I have an idea to fix that. Do you have a basket, please? Tying the basket around Frisk's neck, she told him, Go and bring us the finest food you can find. So away Frisk went, and since he knew the finest food would be found at the castle, that's where he went. A bit later, the king of the peacocks came down, ready to eat his dinner, but he was told there was no food ready. Why ever not, he asked. All the food we prepared disappeared, the chef explained. No one knows what happened to it. Stifling his annoyance, it wasn't the chef's fault after all, he went to bed, telling the chef to make an extra big breakfast the next morning. The next morning, however, there was no breakfast to be had. It disappeared again, the peacock king asked. Stolen, I'd say, not disappeared. He called for his captain of the guard. He ordered him to hide himself in the kitchen and find whoever had been stealing the food. So as ordered, the guard hid himself in a dark corner of the kitchen and watched. Time passed. He heard a sound. 
Then, to his great surprise, he saw a green dog with one ear and a basket tied around its neck take all the food that had been prepared for the king's lunch. Unnoticed, the guard followed the strange dog all the way to the old man's house. Quickly, he returned and reported everything he'd seen and done to the Peacock King. Angry and quite hungry, the Peacock King ordered that all the occupants of the house should be seized and bound with ropes and brought to him. As soon as they arrived, the old man ran forward, falling to the floor, and begged to explain what had happened to the Peacock King. While the old man was telling his tale of hearing crying and finding the princess, the King of the Peacocks, for the first time, really looked at the woman that had been brought in with the old man. She said her name was Princess Rosette, the old man was saying, but the Peacock King quickly interrupted. Did you say Princess Rosette? The King of the Peacocks' heart filled with joy, and he ran to the princess. Princess Rosette, is it you truly? Yes, sire, Rosette said quietly with tear-brimmed eyes. I am Princess Rosette. The Peacock King ripped the ropes that bound her and took her hands. Forgive me, I didn't know it was you. You didn't change your mind about marrying me and have me thrown into the sea then? Rosette asked, her eyes wide and voice trembling. Of course not, I'd been tricked. Another woman had come to the palace in your place. And, he added with a smile, it'd give me great joy to marry you. Cheers sounded throughout the whole kingdom. The king and prince were brought out of prison, and when they saw their sister, ran to embrace her with relief and joy. The peacock king made amends with the brothers, and expressed his sorrow and regret for how they had been treated. The nurse, her daughter, and the boatman were brought out of prison as well. They begged for mercy, and cried out their sorrow for what they had done. In their happiness, Princess Rosette and the king of the peacocks could not hold a grudge, and freely forgave them. The old man who had helped Princess Rosette was given a room in the castle, and never wanted for anything ever again. The King of the Peacock and Princess Rosette's wedding was held soon after, and they all lived happily ever after. Even Frisk, who lived in luxury and ate pristine steak every day. The end. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tales of Fairy Tales. I hope you enjoyed the story, and please listen next time.